0: Hey, hi. I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick. And you're listening to Superman Movie Minute. Is that right? Did I do it right?
1: Welcome to another thrill-packed episode of Superman Movie Minute, a show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can fly This 1980s Superman 2, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space is... Rob Kelly. Hey, Rob, we've got a kid to save uh, in Niagara Falls. He's a really
0: <laughs> stupid kid, but I guess, you know, Superman
1: can't judge. Right, right. So our minutes begin with Superman opposing natural selection by saving that not-so-bright <laughs> boy who fell from Niagara Falls and ends with Lex and Eve Tessmacher learning about how Krypton has no death penalty at the Fortress of Solitude.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: so, Rob, we hear the old lady. Superman grabs the kid. You know He he rescues, comes in, and, and how cool would it have been to be that kid and get to fly with Christopher Reeve as Superman?
0: Oh, that, that, yeah, that had to be a blast. I mean, can't imagine how many kids they probably had to audition and – Yeah, I mean you're living out the dream. I mean I would do that now if they had that. If you know, if Christopher (laughs) Reeve was still around and they were like, hey, I'd be like, look, I know I weigh 200 pounds, but can we try it? I mean it'd just be the thrill of a lifetime. Yeah,
1: (laughs) me too. Yeah, it's like I mean it's so I mean the kid's too dumb to deserve this, but you know he gets to fly with Superman. Exactly. Uh, So we hear the old lady as he's Superman's coming up, and and uh, we hear the old lady say, what a nice man. And uh, as Superman soars up with the boy to the strain of Ken Thorne's John Williams interpretation, there's another voice that we
0: hear, (laughs) Rob. I love it. Of course he's Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I caught that till
1: years later. I don't think I, you know, paid attention to that. And, you know, but that is so funny. And, of course, Superman's. Heritage, his creator Siegel and Schuster, were Jewish, so hey, you know, you can you can argue maybe Superman should be Jewish. Sure, why not? Uh, so, you know, yeah. why not?
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, de- it definitely know, feels like that's a Richard Lester joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely this is Richard Lester with his you know his his added his added humor uh, being you know uh, seasoned into the movie you know and just like just like anything some you know some people can question whether you put a little too much seasoning in this you know mm-hmm. uh, okay. but but here i think it's fine because it's very if you know if you're not listening for it you won't hear it you know basically so um the you know we get a nice close up shot a uh, body shot of superman flying away from the falls i think that that shot look, shot looks nice you know some the shots back and forth kind of some of them look better than others but there's there's some really nice shots uh, in there of, of Superman carrying the boy, and uh, he doesn't look like a dummy in these scenes, so that's good. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it, looks, it looks pretty solid. Before we get too far off of this, though, I do want to mention if you look uh, okay. right right at the very beginning, uh, at, at right at the beginning of these minutes where Lois is saying, way to go, Superman, and you've got the crowd uh, all looking over it, there's a guy directly behind Margot Kidder who is, man, he is swinging for the fences. I mean, oh, he, I see him. Oh my god, he is like, whoa! I mean and it's like that I don't I don't know that Richard Lester probably shot this sequence like this was probably, you know, first assistant director or even maybe a second assistant director kind of work but that really? is the director's job to get that guy aside and go okay look um Phil you're giving us like an 11 we need like a 5 okay yeah. I mean you need to that he looks like Donald Sutherland in the final scene of Invasion of the Body Snatchers I mean he <coughs> is just overdoing it so bad and now that i see that i can't unsee it he's just everybody else is looking kind of mildly amused there's one guy over to the left who looks pretty bored actually but everybody else is just kind of like wow this is amazing the one guy's smiling and because of course that's the moment where superman has actually saved the kid so people are looking appropriately you know surprised or happy but that guy is just overdoing it and i just i don't know i always wonder about You know, like, obviously this guy's not credited, so I have no idea who that is, but like, is that guy just a crew guy? Is he an extra? Did he have a a career in movies after this? Because he is, he is going big. Yeah,
1: uh, we should add that guy. There's those videos online you can find with, you know, extras in the background, you know, basically (laughs) screwing up a shot and and bugging. And the most famous one is like in Teen Wolf where the guy actually, you know, has his penis out of his pants up in the stands of the of the basketball game. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. If you go back and watch the end of Teen Wolf, when everybody's running down from the bleachers, (laughs) when. When uh, you know uh, whatever uh, Michael J. Fox's character's name is that movie, uh, he wins. Scott, I think his name's Scott, wins the game. It's like all these people run down. And this dude's like he's had his you know junk hanging out, and he's like zipping his pants back up as they're running, running down through the. Bleach.
0: I have never heard of this. They just they just launched Teen Wolf Minute. I hope those guys know about that scene because they'll have oh to my talk gosh. about it. <laughs> Well, guys, if Teen Wolf Minute, guys, if you don't.
1: Go watch the very end of the movie and, and yeah, there's – apparently there was some dude that – and they didn't – I don't know how nobody caught it. Nobody caught it. They left it in the movie. It's in there. It's – yeah, it's – Well, now I have a reason to go back and watch
0: Teen Wolf apparently.
1: (laughs) You can't really see anything, but you see the guy like tuck something in and zip his pants back up. I mean it's like –
0: yeah. I am I am (laughs) gobsmacked at this news. I really am. Well, but this guy looks gobsmacked. I've seen his yeah. – I,
1: I never noticed this guy before, but he's making that whoa face. Oh, with Oh man, gun. he is. Woo. It's like it's like, dude, you're not. This is not the Muppet, the Great Muppet Caper, <laughs> and you're playing a Muppet. This is Superman. Uh, quit trying to make a Muppet face, you know, yeah, while we're is. making the Wow, the Superman. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and we do see. There's a lot of cuts to the Maid of the Mist Four, which I guess is the tourist boat you get on to. Like, uh, you know, go – you know, you get on the tour. I guess it's, uh, according to our buddy Derek William Crabb in his History of Comics on Film video, he has rode this – he's written on this boat.
0: Already had that and, picture uh, of himself on it, right? Right, yeah, and, and
1: so you do that to tour the falls and uh, – not go over them, obviously, but at the base <laughs> of the
0: falls. That would be an amazing tour. <laughs>
1: yeah. Here's a barrel. Go for it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so – I mean, they cut They keep cutting to that a lot, which I think is kind of interesting. But I guess it's another because you don't really get to see a close up of anybody on it going, oh, my gosh, it's Superman, you know, or it's just like they keep showing it. So it's like, I don't know if that was like, you know, a deal they cut with the the Niagara Falls Tourism Board. It's hmm. like, yeah, you got to show the boat like about five times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to film here? You got to show the boat. You know, it's, it's the, like uh,
0: the, <laughs> the box of Cheerios version of for this film.
1: Right, exactly, and the Coca-Cola sign we'll get to later, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And a brawl. Uh, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. I can't get past Muppet Face Man now. That's
0: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, so Superman saves the kid, uh, whether he deserved to be saved or not. Uh, he lands amongst the cheering and thankful crowd, and uh, I don't know about you, but we need more scenes like this in superhero films. I mean, this absolutely. is absolutely know, yes. This is what we need. This is this is the type of stuff. This is the type of things we want to see Superman do.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> that's what Superman's. That's that's what Superman's about, yep. folks.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Could, a hundred, thousand
1: percent on that. Right. Right. Uh, I, I really think uh, the landing and takeoff shots are are always impressive when they show Reeve coming in at such heights, and it, it looks. I mean, he's coming in pretty high, you know. They've got him up on a crane, and and I mean, they're in the they're you know, it's not green screened, It's clearly they're there, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it looks really good in the in the natural light. He looks great, and the like, like the the sun's you know shining through his red cape, and he just really looks he looks you know, I mean, he always looks good as Superman, but he really looks really nice here. He looks he looks very supermany, you know, <laughs> in these scenes. I have to
0: uh, I have to wonder like when they were booking the the. The role, right? And you're an actor and you're applying to be Superman. And uh, I mean, I don't know how familiar you, know, you are in 1978 with or 77 with the technology, but I wonder like if you're somebody, if you're an actor and you have a fear of heights, like you have to take that into consideration. Now I'm betting most actors would just say, no, I'm fine. Cause you know, who doesn't want to be Superman in a giant multi-billion dollar movie franchise? But you know what I mean? Like, like just you pointing that out, Chris, that how high Christopher Reeve is up in that scene and it is all, it's all one big shot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You have to be pretty comfortable being, I know you're, you know, you're in wires and you're, you're harnessed up, but nevertheless, um, you know, I, I don't know how comfortable I'd be that high up, you know? So, right. I mean, you have to be pretty okay with, with sort of just dangling there and hoping these people know what they're doing.
1: Right. And I mean, you know, when they're in the, on the sound stage doing it, like in the, you know the. Right. Uh, the flying sequence in the first movie—I'm sh- sure there's, you know, there's there's lots of cushiony things underneath them if they were to fall. But here, obviously, there can't be because they're filming right. the ground as well. Right, right. So right. It, that, nowadays, they could just digitally take it out. They could have a mat there and take the take the you know take all that out. But back then, no. I mean, like like I'm jumping forward, but in Superman three, when we see Christopher Reeve fly away from the the junkyard. I mean, they're suspending the guy, like, 30 feet off the ground over a bunch of twisted metal. You know, yeah, <laughs> I think, think about it. It's like there's a certain amount of danger involved with with playing this role. And, I mean, they never seem to cheat. And, I mean, I'm sure there's stuntmen that, that fill in for Christopher Reeve at some points. But in a lot of these scenes, I mean, the most dangerous looking stuff, that's him. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You know, that that, that it's right on him. And and that's him. So it's uh, – it, it really is it, – it, you're right. It's something – I mean, I, we know that Christopher Reeve later was a uh, – I don't know if at this point he had his pilot license. But he he flew those – what, those ultralight glider planes, which are dangerous in and of themselves. I mean, he had one and liked to fly it. So he liked to fly. But, you know, so – I mean, I guess he wasn't scared of heights at all. But you, you would have to be okay with heights to play super, Superman, especially – in at this era yeah you know, I'm, right, right before in the george reeves era and 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 now maybe not so much that you you know because they can do so much digitally and and but but back then yeah when they just stuck you on a freaking industrial crane yeah and <laughs> <laughs> dangled you above the ground yeah you had to you had to
0: have some Cajones about you know getting up, staying at heights, you know. So <laughs> Donner talks about that in the commentary for Superman. He he'll he'll marvel, it's no pun intended, about some of the stuff where he's like, I can't believe he's like we we had Chris on a dangling him on off a truck, you know, like he's even he's like I can't believe we did that. So yeah, it's pretty, right. pretty unsafe stuff. But again, it, it's, it's it's what makes Christopher Reeve Christopher Reeve. You know, <laughs> just admire the guy from in every from every conceivable angle. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so the
1: kid tells him, again, again, uh, clearly Superman has thwarted Darwinism, uh, <laughs> but I, I would guess only temporarily because if this kid, that's all he got out of that was, I got to fly with Superman, then yeah, this kid's not going to last much longer. Oh, he'll,
0: he's going to be playing with knives later on or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's just, no doubt about it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and why doesn't Superman – give this brat's parents some super admonishment. I mean, I, I mean, I know he's got to fly off to make Lois feel a little jilted to make the scene work, but, I mean, they deserve the super ass-chewing. I mean, I'm sorry. I, you know, in pro- possible time for negligence, i <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, anyway, enough, enough about the kid. Superman flies off. He ignores Lois. Despite having super
0: hearing, uh, of course... <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yeah, he's totally blowing her up. It's me, Lois. Lois Lane. You know, that. – dumb, dum
1: dumb. Can't hear he- he you. Just... Yeah, I can't hear you. He just. Uh, I don't even think he friend zoned her. He casual acquaintance zoned her, you know, and just, like, flew away, you
0: know, so. <laughs> Superman don't need no uh, clinging vines. That's right.
1: That's right. It's like, lady, I just. I, I already saved you once this movie, okay? It's like, you know, I, you. So you get one ride per customer, too, you know, so.
0: Oh, uh, uh, well, <laughs> <that's>, okay. <laughs> we'll save that for a n- later scene. <laughs> later minute. Well, I guess
1: it he gives her another one.
0: Uh, now, oh, Christopher. Sorry. God, if only <laughs> clearly Cindy is not home because I'm not hearing any slaps going on.
1: Right. Sorry. You brought you. You took me there, Rob. It's, oh, it's, I, I, oh,
0: it's <laughs> me. Okay. I'm the bad influence. I see. All right. Okay. You are. You that's are. fine. <laughs> Uh, uh, Speaking of it, the
1: mom is back to sounding like Joan Rivers again when she gets on the kid. Whenever she gets on the kid, she goes into Joan Rivers mode, which would be frightening Right? uh, if your mom, you know, when she's mad at you, turned into Joan Rivers. Oh, my God. Uh, 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 Lois begins to realize that Clark is never around when Superman is. Mm. Uh, And she strokes her chin and you see the wheels turning in her head, you know. And I I just got to say that no one says Clark. Like Margot Kidder, she—it's like you saying "classic,"
0: you know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, super Clark? annoying is what you mean. Yeah, yeah, she adds like four levels of. She adds like four syllables to it. Yeah, Kalark is not around as usual. You know, that yeah. uh, you know. It's... <laughs> she makes a meal out of it. She absolutely makes a meal out of it.
1: Yeah, she does. Uh, Superman lands behind the hot dog stand and instantly emerges as Clark, which I always think that's a nice gag. You know, it's sure. it's, it's 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 a very simple effect of them just having the camera stationary and cutting film, but but it, it's it, it really works. It looks
0: great, It's uh, seamless, and we all know that Superman keeps his Clark Kent clothes in a pocket in his cape.
1: That's right, exactly. He super compresses them and <laughs> sticks them, including his shoes, by the way, uh, and,
0: <laughs> and his glasses. And
1: his glasses, which don't break because they're made from the uh, the, the rocket. you know, the sure, the, the yeah. Yeah. And I mean this thing, it could be the whole rocket because it's all crystal and – right? But in the old comic books, it's from the window, the canopy of, right, the, right. of the rocket. Yeah, yeah. So we all read Action Comics number 500. We know all this. <laughs> uh, uh, Superman's life story. Um, so – why has no one gone back to
0: the hot dog stand just yeah, yet? It's totally abandoned,
1: ab- Yeah, <laughs> abandoned, which leads to – it's just called Super Duper Hot Dogs, by the way. We just didn't, we didn't bring that up.
0: I, I do I, – uh, before you – I'm sorry. I did to interrupt you, but I do want to – before we get off that, I do think that the set dressers missed a, missed a gag. The name, as you just said, the name of the place is called Super Duper Hot Dogs. That super should be the Superman logo. Mm-hmm. That as, yeah. like, as like post-Superman, people use Superman as marketing. I thought that would have been a great little gag, and he has to just kind of put up with that Uh, because obviously in the current DCU, there are toys of the characters as was established in the Shazam movie. There are Superman dolls. There are Batman dolls, and it would have been funny if they had gotten that gag in, if the super-duper hot dogs had looked like the super font and then it said duper hot dogs. But anyway.
1: Yeah, even, or if the, the S had been the S shield. That, you that's know, it, right.
0: That would have been more probably on brand, obviously, because that logo doesn't really – it only exists in the comic books you know, as far as we know.
1: Right, yeah. I mean it's – it. I like it when they do things like that because it shows that, yeah, the characters, the, 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 the characters permeated the culture. There you, you go. Know, yep, to, yep. Yeah. Uh, so do we think that Clark just stole two hot dogs?
0: Well, no. He puts the money – he <laughs> does put the money down. Does he put the money yeah, down? Yeah, he does. I didn't. Does. I didn't notice. He picks the him up. The money down. He picks him up, and then he takes a beat, and he and he he when he walks up, you hear there's a little ADR. You hear a little chingling of change. So he puts change into the thing. Now I don't know. how I mean, these hot dogs must be super cheap. But he does. There is like a little sound of like a clunk. So I'm assuming there's like a cup or something. And he put the money in the cup. That's how he took it. Oh, okay, I don't think he would have okay, stolen. okay. I, I, he doesn't steal hot dogs. Come on.
1: I, I, I didn't think so, but I, I, I didn't catch that. So because I know when he left, he wasn't up to the counter. So right. yet. So. Right. So I, I, you know, he probably, he just paid for somebody else's hot dogs though. But, <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's going to come back and go, where's my hot dogs? But uh, you know, he did, at least he didn't steal it. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, and of course we get the running gag of, of, of orange juice when, you know, yep. cause Lois, Lois gives him crap about where, where, where were you? And, you know, Superman was here and, you know, and, 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 and then Clark, you know, basically says, Oh, I forgot your orange juice. That's a way to get, you know, get out of it. So, uh, uh, no, no, no orange juice, you know. As she as she walks off, so I, you know, again, Christopher Reeve is he, he's so good. Like we said, he's so good at comedy, and he didn't get a whole lot of chance to do it in movies, uh, unfortunately. But uh, he, he's, I think, he said that he he liked this movie. You know, I think he liked this movie better than making the first movie because, despite not having Donner, he liked that he likes that light comedy. You know, mm. which you know, so. You know, I. You know, your 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 mileage may vary, but he enjoys. I think he he's having fun playing Clark in this one. Oh sure, he,
0: yeah. His yeah. read on the line where where he goes, Superman. He was here. Golly, I just love yeah. that. Golly, it's so. It's it's like he's he's overplaying it, and Lois knows he's overplaying it, and he knows that Lois knows he's overplaying it. Right. I feel like it's got all those levels to it. Like he's just so. He's like he's practically Archie. You know, golly, he's just so yeah. like no, no grown man has ever said golly like that. But but that's the persona he's crafted. for. I mean, it's the same. It's the swell. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just he's such a super square. It's unbelievable.
1: He's he's almost he's speaking of Shazam. He's almost in a Gomer pile at this point. You know, know. golly. golly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. And they, and they have a great back and forth, of course. Uh, we cut to another couple uh, in the Arctic uh, where Gene Hackman's body double and voice double are with Valerie Perrine's <laughs> body double, but her actual voice, I think. And they're on a snowmobile, and uh, they're still mushing north, uh, as, as we see. Uh, and uh, so Lex finds the fortress, uh, and all we get is a voiceover of not Hackman saying, it's his home. It's Superman's home because I – I'm not sure, but I bet Donner was going to shoot some nice reaction shots of them coming up to the fortress and he never got around to it. So we're stuck with them from behind in front of the fortress and that's what we get. And it's kind of like if you came across the giant crystalline fortress, for lack of a better term, in the middle of the Arctic, would, wouldn't you have more of a reaction? To, to,
0: you know? Yeah, they do take it in strong. I hadn't really thought about it, but you're right. They do kind of you know, it, it, you you do see the seams of this, this movie uh, and that, yeah, it's just all this footage shot from far away and then they ADR it of of them just reacting. But, yeah, you would think they would stop. For I mean, they do react when they get inside at least, and yeah, I'll, I'll mention that in a moment. But, yeah, they just pull right up to it. It's, it's sort of funny. For, a longest, for the longest time, I always wondered, where did they get the snowspeeder from? It's clearly not in the balloon. Uh, right. and, then, and then I figured, you know what, they must have, like, missed Tessmacher or somebody probably put the snowspeeder somewhere and they rendezvoused with it i mean that's a that's an right. elaborate plan but otherwise otherwise it's the only way it works because obviously the snowspeeder is not in the basket right
1: <laughs> yeah i mean or or you know they they you know uh well before they've you know they we found out they killed the guards when they stole the the kryptonite meteor and stuff so right, i mean right. this they might've killed somebody and stole this snowmobile, you know? Oh, so, that's true.
0: Yeah. Oh boy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, they, they do these, they do these nasty things when we're not following their comedy bits, you right. know, basically yeah. what it amounts to. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we, like you said, we, we get, we, we, but then they go inside the fortress. And if you want to go ahead and tell us what, what, uh, how they react inside the fortress. Ron. Well,
0: I love that Gene Hackman first mutters. It's fantastic. And then he yells, it's fantastic! And they have the big echo. I love that moment because I like, I like the additional dimension of that Lex Luthor, while he hates Superman and wants to kill him, can appreciate something of this magnitude. And he does. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that he unreservedly is impressed by this construction. And he talks about that it uses no known architectural plans, you know, on Earth. I, I just love that he's impressed. I think that's a great moment for the character that he's – it just gives you a little more – he's a little more rounded. He's just like, wow, this is really cool. I mean, yeah, I got to blow it up. Uh, but but nevertheless, it, I just – I think that's a great, great little detail.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it fits in with, you know, the Le- – I mean, Lex Lex would be the type that would – you know, he's – He's just encountered an alien structure, you know, yeah. on Earth. And I mean, he would be fascinated by that. And it, it, it really it, he does. He does sell it. I'm, I, And I agree. I think it does. It, it just it's not just like, you know, he's breaking into Superman's house and he's going to screw up everything. You know, it, no, he's 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 really he he has made an incredible discovery. And, of course, you know, him being Lex, he feels like, you know, he's the only one that could have you know found Superman's. Uh, secret, secret layer, um, going back to Shazam, the secret layer, <laughs> uh, we could talk about Shazam a lot cause we both just saw it. But, um, <clears throat> when you listen to this, it had been out for like a couple months by then probably. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Lex is because he's followed his alpha waves with his little black box. This is a huge achievement for Lex too, because, you know, he's the only one that could find Superman's hidden fortress as well. So, you know, it's, it feeds into his ego too. <laughs> it,
0: it does bother me a little. And I know that, you know, you just don't want to get into this cause you're trying to move the story forward. But like, does Superman have no security measures? None? Right. Like you could just walk in. I mean, I know the idea is that it's so far hidden away from where humans are that nobody would ever find it. And it's only Lex Luthor that would even think to look because of course he only knows he doesn't even know that this thing is here. He just knows that Superman goes north because he's using the alpha waves and blah, 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 blah. But I just I, – I mean, we all know from the comic book there was the giant key. There was like these lasers. There was, there was all sorts of stuff that Superman used to keep people out. And here, they could just walk in. I mean, God, good lord. Superman could, could come back to his house and there's a polar bear just squatting in the middle of the thing. You know, I would think right. there should be some security measure. But again, I understand you don't want to bother with that in this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean it's exactly. I mean, like on the animated series, I like how you know he didn't have the giant key or anything, but he had to f- go under the, like through the icy water and come out, you know, uh, on the other side, and right. then it was like kind of underground. I thought that was kind of neat. Something, yeah, something, uh, the yeah, something. <laughs> exactly. No, it's like there's this giant crystalline structure out in the middle of the Arctic, and uh, yeah, it's like you know maybe somebody thought, oh look, it's Santa Claus's workshop or something. I don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention another Saul film, but uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh,
1: So what do you think? You know, Lex is like fascinating, fascinating. It's it's beautiful, beautiful. Eve repeats everything Lex says, which I think is it's cute. I I wish they gave Valerie Perron more to do in this movie. But, you know, at least at least we we get some nice little interactions here. Like when, uh, uh, you know, Lex is going to climb down the the steps and and, uh, she's like, Lex, and Lex is like, I'll be all right. And she's like, no, me. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he does not care. She she has served her purpose, which was to get him to the fortress, and now he could care less. I, it's a nice little detail. And she puts her arm around his arm, and he like yanks it away because he, he's he's moved on now. He just cares about what he's there to find out.
1: Right. Yeah, he's like, he doesn't have time for that type of stuff right now. And it's like, dude, Valerie Perrine is hanging on your arm. Come on. you Yeah. Know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and of course you know he's like it's got everything and and uh, she says well not you know not, she looks at him like not everything and he's like uh, why didn't you go before we left uh, <laughs> I,
0: I, I could have lived without that
1: gag to be honest with you right it's the old bathroom I mean it's the old bathroom joke and it's like and I, I mean that's again that's not that's Donner because this is a Donner scene so we can't we can't put that off on uh, true. Yep. Yeah, true. put that off on Lester you know yeah. so I mean the, the, you know, anything that Gene has to see his face then that Richard Donner film. So, yep. uh, yep. Yeah. uh, Lex finds what he believes is a control panel. Now I know he's a genius, but
0: how does he, how does that look any different? Than the rest of the place, really? <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but, just by the way, he it's got those tubes and stuff, it does look, a li- I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't look at that and say that's a control panel, but I'm not a brilliant, but, uh, you know, megalomaniacal would be world dictator either. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: he he tells Eve not to touch anything, but she picks up a crystal, which Lex inserts into the panel, and a large crystal structure emerges from the fortress floor, and begins to play Kryptonian Memory Bank Education Crystal Number Three Hundred Eight, Earth Culture
0: Section B. And what's on that particular crystal, Rob? Uh, well, <laughs> are you talking about the actor, or what are we? What, what are you specifically oh. are you asking me about? Whichever one you want to go to first. Okay. Well, okay. It's, it's a Kryptonian elder, and he recites a poem, uh, the, 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 the the tree poem. Uh, I think I will never see something as lovely as a tree. And so it's obviously, the, you know, he's going through Earth history. Specifically, though, what's fun about this is the actor is John Hollis. And John Hollis, I looked him up on IMDb, had what I will say without argument. I'm not brooking any argument on this. Is the coolest run in the history of any actor in terms of geek cred. Because this guy, his he did four films in a row from nineteen seventy, uh from nineteen seventy-nine through nineteen eighty-one. And the four films in a row he did were Empire Strikes Back, where he played Lobot. Mm-hmm. He was then in Flash Gordon, where he played the Clytus' Observer number two. He's mm-hmm. then in this. He's the Kryptonian elder in Superman 2. And then he played Blofeld in For Your Eyes Only. So wow. in the space of two years, he was in a Superman movie, a Star Wars movie, a James Bond movie, and Flash Gordon. That is un- no I mean, he, I, he died in 2005, which is, of course, unfortunate. It's, it, I cannot imagine what he would have been like at, like, a con. I mean, oh, yeah. that is, I couldn't believe when I looked him up on IMDb, I was like, oh my God, he did those four movies in a row. He was also in Superman four, by the way, but we'll, we'll hold that against him. But I mean, mm-hmm. that is unreal. What luck that you would just wander into four hugely iconic franchise, not fran- Flash is on a franchise, but you know what I mean? Just right. four properties that known worldwide like that. Yeah, I mean it's
1: it's it's amazing that I mean I mean the guy had a Kenner action figure at this point, you know, as Lobot. <laughs> I mean it, it's it's I it, had it's it's yeah, yeah it, it's 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 insane. I loved it in the Flash Gordon when they ripped the the goggles off the dudes and like, like him, and he's got the it's like it's attached to his face. Yep, and it's all yep. ah, you know, it's like well, yeah. So yeah, he's he's got a pretty memorable scene in that too. So yeah, I mean he, this guy. This guy got around. He's got that great. He's got the bald head. He looks. He looks like, you know, like uh, it looks more like the comic book Lex than Jack. <laughs> yeah, it's it true. On, honestly, does. Uh But yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, this guy's uh, resume. I mean, we had the guy that played uh, Dak in Empire Strikes Back as the astronaut here earlier, but you know, it, it, but and he was in Flash Gordon as well, but he wasn't in the James Bond movie, so. Uh Hollis here, you know, kind of beats him out in that, that department. Sorry, sorry, Dak. You know, it's
0: <laughs> I mean, you never see him in in Furious Only. You never see his face. He's playing and he's not playing Blofeld officially because there's all this complicated legal stuff with uh the this other guy, Ke- the, the Kevin McCrory that owned the character. So that whole opening sequence is a big gag. He's never called Blofeld, he's clearly meant to be Blofeld, but nevertheless that's that's John Hollis. Is picks
1: him up with the helicopter and drops him in the smokestack?
0: That's exactly what happens. James Bond oh, scoops yeah. him up like he, th- th- he threads the, uh, the, the 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 little the, the legs of his wheelchair and dumps him into a you know, smokestack. So,
1: right? Yeah, I remember. I said like, wow, that was the... <laughs> that was kind of a way to get rid of Blofeld there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, Lex comments to Eve that uh, the Kryptonian isn't there, but a voice from the past. Uh, he takes out that crystal and Eve complains that uh she she says, I like trees, and then Lex says, so does your average cocker spaniel. Uh which <laughs> 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 again, more, you know, more of the comedy uh from Lex and, and Tess Tessmacher. Lex puts in another crystal and this time we get Lara, the S Superman's mom, Susanna York is back, and although Marlon Brando is not, uh she's here probably, well honestly, because he's not. Uh, so, so she's filling in for, for Brando. Uh, and, uh, she, uh, says, uh, she's ad- addressing who she thinks is her son and she calls him Kal-El, which, I, this is probably when Lex first hears Superman's Kryptonian name, I would guess, cause yeah. nobody it. So, yeah. yeah. So it might help him put two and two together when the, you know, the, the Phantom Zone, uh, guys, uh, when he hooks up with them. So um, we found out that uh, Lara was the keeper of the archives on Krypton. Uh, she says Krypton, uh, just like Brando, by the way. Uh, so she wasn't just the leading scientist's wife. She was the archivist of she's, Krypton. She
0: was the librarian. She's the, Cindy, yeah. she's the Cindy Franklin of Krypton.
1: <laughs> I wonder if she punched Jor-El in the eye. I'm sure this. she did. <laughs> I'm sure she did. You're sending my kid to some backwater <laughs>
0: planet? Bam. You know, it's Ow. Right, I <laughs> Uh, Why didn't you build a rocket big enough for the three of us? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're such a genius. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so Lara
1: begins to tell the story of the darkest part of Krypton's history of three rebel elements, or criminals, as we call them on Earth. And, uh, you know, Lex is happy to hear that because he (laughs) says, uh, criminals, my kind of people. My kind of people. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I love that line. I think that's great. Um, she talks about how rehabilitation didn't work with these three rebel elements, and they had no death penalty, and our minute ends there. So Lex is learning about our three Phantom Zone villains. So the threads are starting to come together, Rob. We're starting to get the... The, the, the story is starting to come together. What do you think? Uh,
0: well, like I said, I like this scene with Lara because uh, obviously we, we know the backstory. The reason that she's here is because Marlon Brando wasn't in the second film, uh, refused to be in the second film. Um, but but I, I like it because they sort of fell backwards into it being better because it makes more sense that you know, Lara has some L- – Lara is part of this. There's mm-hmm. no reason why she would be so excluded. So it actually – I think it works better. That he gets yeah. some stuff from the father and some stuff from the mother, and, and that, that makes total sense. And I'm glad to see Suzanne York here gets, gets a chance to kind of do more. We know that she complained that she really got very little to do in the first film, but here she gets a bigger chance. Uh, and the other thing I like about the scene is – and this is something we, we talked about a little bit in on the, the first movie – is that the Kryptonian science. Is, there's that line about uh, te- technology – sufficiently developed technology is indistinguishable from magic. Mm-hmm. And there's there's stuff in the Superman, the first movie, where you really – they really blur the line between is this magic or is this just super advanced science? Because it seems as though that Jor-El is dead, like dead, 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 but yet he seems to be able to like respond to his son in real time. As if he's really there, so you're like, well, is is his spirit like infused in the Fortress of Solitude? Is, so is that magic? But by the fact that Laura, when the when the crystal starts, she says Kal-El. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know that she's not talking to Kal-El. So this is clearly a recording. It's incredibly right. sophisticated recording, but it's a recording. And so that this movie, I think puts its foot more heavily on the side of this is just super advanced technology, not magic. And that I'm not saying one is better than the other, but it's just, to me, it's interesting to me. They, this film chooses a side uh, more than the first film did.
1: Right. And that might be more. And I'm, I mean, I think um, I can't, I haven't seen the Donner cut in a while, but I think, you know, in the Donner cut, they probably, I think they have Brando addressing Lex as as L as well. It's been a while since I watched it. So if I'm wrong, I'm, I apologize, but and I think even Brando did the tree bit, too. So they were going to have all this just be jor mm. So it's like, you know, jor was the the AI of the fortress or, or whatever you want to call it, whatever. You know, his spirit was in it. If you go on the science side, he's the one – he's the – you know, the Alexa of the fortress or, right. if he, or if he, you know, it's his ghost that's in the fortress or whatever, however you want to fall on that, but. Which they really went but, back uh, to for
0: man of steel, because in, in, in that movie, uh, Russell Crowe is like all over the fortress. Like he's practically a presence there. Right.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, I kind of like it though that because I mean, I, you know, I'm not that I, I, I wish Brando could have been involved in this, but I do, but I think you're right. I think it, uh, it opens up things that makes you feel like that 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 more of Krypton survived just beyond I mean an aspect of Krypton survived yeah. Yeah. beyond just Jor-El, you know, yeah, it's and a whole and,
0: society, and, sure, yeah.
1: Right, and and we'll get because the mother is still with us, it actually works better with some of the parts we're going to get later because I think she even she uh, Susanna York at some point said, you know, uh, you know, the mother, you know, Tends to tends to deal with matters of the heart more with the, chi- the their children than the father does, so it makes sense. and And we're going to get that later in the movie. So it's nice to see her here, and I'm glad. I'm definitely glad she she got to got to do more than just you know hold the baby and and you know lean on Marlon Brando's shoulder during the you know the destruction scenes and and everything. So it again, it's good. It, it, one thing I want to point out here is just how impressive the fortress set looks. I mean, we probably get some of our widest shots of it in these scenes. And it is really, I mean, and it's, it looks to me like the majority of it is like an actual set. It's Mm. not a, you know, it's not a green screen where they, you know, added in this and that. No, it's, it's an actual, it's an actual set. And because again, this is, this is what John Barry originally had built because this was filmed during the filming of Superman, the first Superman movie. So, uh it, it I mean it really is a truly magnificent set. I mean it's just it seems to go on for miles. I mean you just it, you know just like you can just imagine that there's even beyond the room we're in there's more to it and it's just it's huge. And it it's it's one of those things you just can't you, you, you know the the fact that you know it really exists in th- 3 dimensions somewhere you just can't replace that You know, there's there's something in your brain that says that's real. You know, (laughs) people are standing in that set. That's real. And, you know, uh, not to not to poo poo on 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 CGI effects, which I'm not one of those people that like loathes them. And, you know, but but I mean, I think if they're done well, then and you don't notice it, then that's fantastic. But there's just something about the craftsmanship and and the amount of time that went into building such an awesome you know, set it just – it just makes you appreciate it that much more to me. I don't know.
0: Oh, absolutely. I can't – and I, I can't help but think, like, how sad it's got to be to, like – at some point, they destroyed this, you know? Yeah. I and mean, they were like, we don't need this anymore, so let's just break it. And, like, th- this is art. This is you know it's used for a commercial purpose, but this is art these are artists, these guys were geniuses at what they were doing uh and uh it's yeah it's a it's a b- it's a beautiful visualization of of this idea uh put together beautifully shot beautifully, it looks great uh and yeah so it it i feel bad that like you know you can't go see this somewhere this is like in a museum where you could get yourself you know stand there uh you know like it's kind of like I know that like throughout the like the Paramount um, Star Trek movies, they would keep the bridge because mm-hmm. they were figure well we're probably going to make another one of these, so they would just put it in storage. But I guess with Superman, they were like no, nah, we're done, you know, and just put it away and it's a shame because it's, it's it's a beautiful set.
1: Yeah, it's it's a shame that there's not you know that's one thing I like about a lot of the amusement parks like that at Universal with the Harry Potter, you know, they're they're recreating like the. The uh, the castle and the Diagon Alley and all that stuff and I mean you can feel like you're walking in I mean how great would it be to be able to walk into the Fortress of Solitude oh, as in, in a queue line for a ride or something I mean that would be so awesome
0: <laughs> you, you and I would have to go to that together and do like a, a live Superman movie minute from the yes from the Fortress of Solitude yeah.
1: <laughs> We're gonna make a pilgrimage to the fortress. <laughs> be amazing. It would be, yeah. Well, is that all we got for this one? I think so. I think we've
0: we've we've covered it.
1: Alright, so so hopefully we won't have any, you know, uh kids that you know that uh questionable children for Superman to save. Although we do have a questionable kid that we know our buddy Derek William Crab doesn't like further in the movie, but
0: uh <laughs> Oh man, we can't wait. We get. I love how much Derek Winn-Krepp hates that kid. I just, I just. Derek is so soft spoken in person, and then when he yeah. when he gets to this video, he just hates that that British kid in the middle of Texas. So yeah, fantastic. I can't yeah. wait till we get to that kid. <laughs> Please, Mister General. Yeah, we.
1: I think he wants to. He likes to watch the ABC cut. To see... <laughs> see that kid get it. Uh... But anyway, uh, <laughs> on that down note, <laughs> uh, on that down note, be sure to check out the other fine shows on our network at FireAndWaterPodcast.com, including several Rob and myself hosts. Uh, we'd love to read your comments on Superman 2 over at com, and you can leave us a review in iTunes if you're so inclined. Thanks, as always, to Pete the Retailer and Alec Robinson for welcoming us into the Movie by Minute family and allowing us to use their format. They're currently doing The Force Awakens over on Star Wars Movie Minute, so be sure to check out that and all the great Movie Minute shows, including Team Wolf Minute, uh, at (laughs) moviesbyminute.com. Join our never-ending battle here next week on Superman Two Movie Minute as the adventure continues. Bye. Bye. Good afternoon,
0: Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long, I won't let you down again.